Who's glad to be at church today? Anybody glad? Come on, can we just give Jesus, let's give him the best praise we can today. He's worthy of it all. Oh, I'm so glad to see you today. And, and for everybody who's online too, for those of you at our 430 service, wherever you're watching from, come on, can we just put our hands together? Let's welcome everybody who's joining us today. So glad you're with us. And uh, I'm just so excited. We're in part two of this series that we're calling SOS. Song of Solomon, we're rescuing relationships. No matter where you are in your relationship journey, uh, there, the, the Word of God, Song of Solomon, has something to say about it. Can I get an amen on that? Just something to say about it. And today we have a special guest because um, uh, uh, James and Terry Kraft, who were with us for our marriage conference the past two days, have just been so incredible. They're here with us today to bring the message and, uh, and those, uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've said some, uh, that there's some people in my life who uh, they have a voice, they have a vote, and they have a veto, right? You know, I don't know if you, over the last couple of weeks, I've, I've kind of said some things like that. And James is one of those guys for me where he has a voice in my life, he has a vote in my life, he has veto power in my life, and we talk every single week. He's a coach, and he's a counselor for me, and um, I'm, I'm just better because uh, of James in my life, and uh, Annalise, our marriage is better because of James and Terry in our life, and so I want us to just give the biggest, warmest welcome to them today. They lead a ministry called uh, Live Life Unplugged, Life Unplugged, and it's an incredible marriage ministry, but would you mind getting up on your feet and helping me welcome James and Terry Kraft? Let's honor them today as they bring the word. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, you may be seated. It's Super Bowl Sunday, or is it called Super Blessing Sunday? What do we want to call this? Both. Day? both. Let's just okay, take them both. So I think there's a ring in there. I'm sorry. Um, so the we're going to see the Eagles win today, right? That's what we are all cheering for. <laughs> I can't cheer for the, the the Chiefs because I'm a Raiders fan. I don't judge me. Don't judge me. Okay, so I can't do it. So. Well, and you know you. The, we must not be that big of football. Well, I mean, you're a big football fan. Hey, hello, speak We for made our, our uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but we made our, our airline uh, flight home. We weren't paying attention to the date or, you know, time or anything. So we made it. We're, we're literally flying right over the Super Right Bowl. over the Super Bowl. So I that's was like, okay. oh, I guess that probably wasn't too good. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a good thing for me. It teaches me some, yeah, some lesson you know there. So, hey, we're so excited to be here with you guys today. Uh, yeah. We're so thankful to be here the last couple days for the marriage conference. Um, your first live conference, because I know you simulcasted in in the years previous, and we are so grateful to be a part. Of, there was like 135, 140 couples that were here. Uh, that was incredible. So multiply that by two, and, and it was just a full room. Um, may I say this, though? In our observations, as we have spoken in many places, in many churches, very large churches uh, from all sizes, but to see here at City Hope Church, the response of people, how they want to continue to grow and grow their marriages was phenomenal. Now, if you missed out, don't feel shame for me saying that. Just know that next year you get to be a part of it, you know, but you get to jump into the culture because I'm going to say this very clearly. That culture has been established by your pastors, which I am so grateful because they believe in a culture of growth. In themselves, they, I meet with Ben every week. They continue to grow and can challenge and grow who he is. And so there's accountability in his life 
and there's growth in his life, and he and Annalise. And so this is important for you to realize, hey, you know what? This is a culture that even from the front back, the pastors and, for, and backwards, is that it's established in the DNA. Can I hear an amen on that? Okay, let me just tell you, I've been in ministry for many, many years, Terry Est as well, and if you don't have leadership that actually says, hey, follow me as I follow Christ, follow me as I live this out myself, you know, it's kind of hard to follow that, right? And it looks a little hypocritical, but they are. And I say that, you didn't pay me to say that, I'm going to say that myself because I'm impressed because I love when leaders continue yes. to grow. And yes, grow. And, and it's so important. I, I want to encourage everyone here, and, and I should have said this last service, and I'll say it again, and if you're listening online, um, you guys need to get people in your community here because I'm telling you, this is different this is. than a lot of places because of that heart and mind. And, you know, it would be great next year for the marriage conference that it won't even fit in this place. And, you know, that's the kind of heart and mind we have to have because when lives and relationships are following Christ, uh, then the world can see Jesus. They can see him. They can feel him. They can touch him. Generations are changed. That's right. So I want to encourage you not only to partake of that growth, but to get other people involved in that growth as well. That's right. That's right. So we're excited to be a part of it. And so today we're going to talk to you about your relationship and relationships that you might be in. But before we do that, you need to understand today, well, this year we're celebrating 31 years of marriage. Okay, 31, all right? <laughs> now, she's, she deserves a special blessing to stick with somebody like myself. Uh, but I'm telling you, 31 years is pretty, I am very thankful for that. Um, it sounds like our parents, but that's okay. I know, I'm getting you know? scared. <laughs> But you know what? We in this is as a representation is I'd love to introduce you to my fa- our family uh, because you would not be able to see us. I want you to see the whole craft clan uh, because when we come, we're a representation of something that God has done in all of us. This is our youngest daughter, Grace. Uh, she is uh, like Mother Teresa. She cares, and she, she's going to be incredible for caring people. She's a, a junior in college, or high school right now. Uh, this is my middle daughter, our middle daughter, Elise. Uh, she's a sophomore at Cal Baptist University in California, uh, and tremendous, tremendous young lady. And uh, this is our uh, son-in-law. Yes, I have three daughters, but I finally got my son. Okay, he's my golfing buddy, and, and uh, I like to go shoot things and have some fun. Okay, so I get to be a, a dude with him. So, but I get to pour into his life, and and vice versa. And this is my oldest daughter, Rachel. Um, that she and her husband Connor live in South Carolina, which is probably going to drag us out there sooner or later. Uh, we love it out there. And then this is our family. I'll just show you this. I want you to kind of see that picture because one is when we come here, we are a representation of this, all right? It's it's funny. You see speakers a lot of times come in and go, and you hear the message being presented, but there is a story behind the people. There's stories here that represent some blood, sweat, and tears. Um, I'll share with you a little bit later that, you know, Terry and I went through a a, a horrific uh, crash within our marriage, almost ending our marriage because of decisions on my own, and which I'll explain later. But my family, our family went through those same things. They went through the traumatic experiences. They went through almost parents splitting up and, and ending it all. But they saw and watched God do a redemptive work and heal our, our family because of our relationship. And so you watch that lived out. We want you to be a part of that story. Because if you hear just us, you miss out on, oh, there's other people involved in this. And each one of them has been on their own journey 
walking through that as well. Now, why do I say that? Because you know what? You come here today, you might have a family, you might have children, or you might be a part of a family that has a story. A story, maybe a pain, trauma, you know, a secrecy or whatever it is. And it it doesn't represent something like this. Maybe it's broken. Maybe there's hurt. Maybe there's pain. And God wants to bring a restorative work in your life, no matter what your other family members are doing. He wants to do a restorative work in you today. I stand here today saying that God is in the business of doing miracles. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Let me say that one more time. God is in the business of doing miracles. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And so no matter what you bring to the table here today, and no matter what you're coming here with, God is bigger than what you're bringing here today. And he wants you to know something, that he loves you, he cares for you, just like he loves every one of our family members. And he has restored our family, and we stand here today, and we lead a ministry uh, called Life Unplugged that focuses on marriage and restoration of marriage, and then men and women. We focus, we separate them as well, and we impart those things to see healthy people develop healthy families. And so we are passionate about what we do. And so that's what I want you to see as a bigger picture for us today. Yeah, this picture really truly is a miracle. And um, you will hear more of our story. And, and, you know, I know that there's going to be, and I I mentioned this at the the, um, couples conference as well, is that there's probably some people here who have experienced a big T testimony. I mean, you can get up here and it's like the miracle of God and, and, you know, you can show your scars and it's like God did and it's just amazing. But I know that there's also people here who are in the middle of the waiting place where you haven't seen the, the fruition of the prayer. And I've been in both places. Um, I think a lot of us probably have. And so I just want to to let you know that I see you. Um, We don't stand up here teaching and preaching as if, you know, we have some message and we're above somebody. It's like we are right there. Like we are in the trenches. Um, On most given days, we're in like, you know, business on the top, sweats on the bottom because we do most of what we do on Zoom. (laughs) Um, But we are in the middle of lives that are breaking or we're encouraging lives that are doing great things, but, but want to sustain that with health and uh, with Christ at the center. Right. So we don't, make, we don't put on any airs. Yeah. But I just want to encourage you, if you're in the middle of that place where you're going, I'm really hoping that God is listening because I'm praying and I'm believing, I just want you to know that he hears you That's right. and that he will bring to pass his will. Even if sometimes it's longer or different than we thought. My life is much different than I thought it was going to be. We were were pastoring a large church and we were doing different things. But what God has done through his story of redemption is so much deeper, so much wider. And it started and it continues through relationship. That's right. So we're talking about relationship, SOS. And we were, we were backstage, and, and uh, I was like, what does SOS stand for? And, you know, they're saying it's a Morse code. And I'm like, but actually, does the SOS stand for something? And they're like, no, it actually is. We looked it up. It's actually, you know, distress. You know, we need help, SOS. And that's what it means. Yeah. And so we're talking today about relationships. And who better but Christ that's right. to focus on how we can walk through 
redemptive relationships. That's right. That's like. right. Well, if you have your Bibles or your notes, open them up, get your pen out. Let's be students because I would rather for you to walk away today with not just information that we can give you because you can get information anywhere. Go to Google and you can go to uh, the Bible app. You can get a bunch of information. But what we want you to do is take this information and apply it to your heart and believe for transformation in your life. Everybody say the word transformation. Transformation. That's God's purpose and that's God's plan for your life is to transform you to become less like yourself and more like him. That's what his heart and his goal is for your life. And so he wants transformation that starts right here, right now. So let's, get, let's go and let's dive into this. You know, today we're going to be looking at, uh, at Solomon and the Shulamite woman preparing for marriage and going through the different seasons that they describe and we want to unpack those different seasons because I think it will apply to each one of us in one way or another. You might not connect with point number three but you'll connect with point number one and I want you just to be open and, uh, and, uh, and aware of these things. So let's look at this first scripture here. It says here in Ecclesiastes, it says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. And so what we want to do is we want to break up those four uh, seasons into four things and four different seasons we want to see and four things that we want to focus on. And the first one is, is that you will have a season of preparation. Has anybody ever felt like your whole life has been a season of preparation? Just raise your hand. It's like, whoa, my goodness, can we just have some fruit and can we have some harvest? Uh, but some of us have been just working diligently in the preparation phase. But I want you to see something here in, in Song of Solomon. It says, see, let's look at the scripture. Uh, see, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone, the flowers are pure on the earth, the season of singing has come. The queen of doves is heard in the land. In the Bible, winter represents a season of preparation. Some of you here today, you come to the, you're sitting here after worship and you're understanding, you're allowing your heart to be open. And we're going to share a story that might just knock your socks off because you think, how are they on the stage telling that kind of story? But I'll tell you now, right now, you're in a season. You might be in a season of preparation. You're thinking, where is the fruit? Where are the flowers? Where is the refreshing experience that God has for me? And I tell you, there, when we sit in the season of winter and allow our hearts to be uh, kind of pliable and open to what the Lord is doing, he wants to stir up something special in, you, in this season for you so that you can be ready for the springtime to come when things bloom and the fruit comes out. Can I hear an amen on that? Okay, so this is important for us to understand because if we don't, then we get just stuck in the winter and we never experience the spring. But realizing winter is a time. How, do I, how am I aware of that? How am I aware of the things of God and what God is doing today? My encouragement to you today is this, is to stop and be still and be curious for what the Lord is doing in this season. Stop. Slow down. We might be too busy running 100 miles an hour, and we miss out on the things that God has for us. And in this winter season of preparation, God is saying, I'm preparing the ground for you. I'm doing something special in you that I want to reveal, at it's the right time. But right now, I need you to be aware of what I'm doing in this preparation. And so to be patient and to be aware of that. And so as we do that, I want to move into this place because I believe the Lord has called us. As marriage is it's not as much as finding the right person, 
It's about becoming the right person. Oh, sorry, I moved back here. I know that Terry and I, we met each other in our freshman year in high school. Um, but we have stories that when we are five, I think five years old, that you and I were at story time at, L, at, the, uh, at the library. At the little, where little kids would go and they would sit and listen to the story. And I was probably the crazy little boy moving all over the place. The person was getting frustrated with it. Well, you just sit still. And Terry was the perfect child sitting with Indian-style cross leg and just listening to the story. She loved story time. Story time was the best. And so we know that we have long connection. But it wasn't until later on was there a development, a relationship, that something had to happen in James for her to be attracted to. That there was like, huh, that's the kind of man, that potential man that I want to actually connect with. Okay, there was a development. Some of us here are in development stage in relationships. Maybe you're married today and you're thinking, yeah, when's that going to happen with this person next to me? <laughs> All right, let's pray for that. Let's pray for that. Maybe we're praying the wrong things. How about we pray for God's will to be done in our own lives, that the preparation would be developed and then released, and all for our spouse, so that we can receive the fruit together, not separate. And so I want to encourage each and every one of you here who just wants to jump into relationships and jump into the springtime and jump into the, I want the best, I want to go, and I want to go. I want to say, slow down. Just slow down and enjoy the process and realize the process it's going to be the one thing that produces the fruit in your relationship. Can I hear an amen? amen. And so here's the words. I have a, a track athlete that I love to watch. His name is Michael Norman. He's a 400-meter runner. I just love the guy. And, and I've been able to watch him live. He ran against some of my athletes. And when I was coaching track, it's phenomenal. But his term is this, trust the process. Trust the process. And so in the winter season of preparation, I would encourage you is to trust the process of what God is doing. Turn to somebody next to you and say, trust the process. Go ahead and turn to somebody and say that. Trust the process. And you know, when we're in relationships, it's not always an easy road, is it? Sometimes we do have to trust the process, no matter what that looks like. And so we trust the process, but we trust the Lord in it for sure. Uh, the second thing is, is you may experience a season of perfection and and. Oh, wow. Siri's talking That's to scary. us. Sorry, gosh. <laughs> we always say, who's listening? Yeah. Uh, you may have a season of perfection, and, and there may be relationships here where you're a married couple, or maybe you're in a dating relationship, or you're single, or maybe you're a young person, and you're like, I don't even know what all this relationship stuff's all about. Um, but, but for some of us, we've experienced that season of perfection, and, and you know what I'm talking about. It's like that you know, songs on the radio all point to your amazing relationship. You know, the birds are chirping. You're, you're making up pet names for one another. And it's like all you want to do and all you think about is each other. And it's just, it's just glorious. We have a daughter in that relationship right now. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, in Song of Songs, uh, chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, it says, Listen, my beloved, look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look. There he stands behind the wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. You should, like, leap right here so everybody can see. You know, like, leap toward me. My beloved spoke and said to me, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. And so some of us have experienced that, that season of perfection. And, and I want to just encourage you that, that of course, it's, it's lovely, it's beautiful, and, and we want that to last. But most often, that's 
a season, by the way, um, and it isn't really fully love. Because we know what love is when we really start to read the word. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's long-suffering. You know, it, it stays in the long, hard nights when there's lots of tears until morning. It says I'm in it until the end. It says I'll sacrifice when I want to get my own way. And sometimes we share the joy, but joy often is connected with sorrow. Because God does such beautiful things there. So love is so much deeper than sometimes this perfection stage. But we can get confused, don't we? Like, I've been married a few years, and it's not perfection anymore, so I don't know if I want to do this. And we have to remember to align ourselves with the truth. You know, this perfection stage has a lot to do with, and, and God made our bodies, has a lot to do with what some of the chemicals in our body are telling us to do. There's... There's dopamine, there's serotonin, there's um, norepinephrine, there's um, vasopressin and oxytocin, all of those different things um, that are basically telling us to bond with a person. So sometimes it's like, okay, hey, what? I don't feel those things anymore. Is there something wrong with us? Yeah. Is there something wrong with me? Or sometimes we, we only feel those things and I just can't handle it. I just have to be with this person. And so we just have to know how to balance that, don't we? And so if you're a young person here or a, a person who's dating or a person who is um, single and you've, you've been in or are in relationships, there's a couple of good terms that we can give you that kind of help balance this perfection stage, this season. And the first one is, is limit your time. Have you ever thought about that? When, you, when all those, those, those bonding chemicals are going through our body, it's like, we don't care about anything. Like, I don't want to go to work today. I forget about work. Oh, forget about going to class. Who cares about that test? I just want to be with this person. And sometimes we have to go, wait a second. Let's align back to my individual goals and what God has called me to do. Yeah. And I have to make sure that I'm limiting my time. I need to limit my talk. You know, it's okay to say I enjoy this person or maybe I'm falling in love with this person, but it's not all of a sudden like, you know, we're getting married after two weeks. You know, and I'm just telling the whole world. It's like, wait, just wait. Slow it down and see how this unfolds yeah. with God and with good accountability. Yeah. The third thing is, is limit your touch. You know, we have to guard our hearts, but also guard our bodies. Right. So we want to put ourselves in places where we can protect that. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Yeah. Now, if you're in a marriage relationship here and you're going like, hey, like I want those chemicals. I want all of the dopamine. It's good stuff. And the, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. The, yeah. the uh, oxytocin, vasopressin. Well, you can keep those chemicals alive in your marriage. You know, they're in your body, naturally occurring. But you have to be responsible for, you know, bringing them into your relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not all just a physical intimacy. Sometimes it's about writing those special notes to one another or going out on and having those date nights. Yeah. James and I, we love to adventure. We got some of, uh, well, he did. He had to convince me to get on an electric bike. And I'm like, I don't know, honey, that seems kind of fast. Because <laughs> I'm like the white knuckler. And uh, we got these uh, electric bikes. And we love it. We just, we ride everywhere. We, we'll go 20 miles. And we have so much fun. It's, it's, it's kind of like romantic. And we start to feel really connected. I love hearing that. I know. That he loves so that. Cool, He's all... Man, I just saw you use your throttle. Because it's like, you know, when, when you're going up a hill... That's sexy, man. I That's can awesome, literally like... Man. 
I can be on that bike, not pedaling at all, and go whoo yeah. up a hill. And people on the driving by, they're like, "How is that girl doing that?" You know. <laughs> but those are those are moments where where all those great chemicals come back into our relationship, and it's fun. Yeah. So we we have the power to do that. Yes, so if right. you're here and you're like, "Where'd all those chemicals of perfection go?" They're there. That's right. They're there. God gave them to you. That's right. Well, a lot of times we can become so distracted and our right. emotions and our anxieties and everything else will then subdue them, right? So that we're so attached to other things. Attachment is a critical thing in a relationship. And so what we do is we have attachment to other things, other relationships, other things in work, other fears, other challenges. And what the Lord wants us to have is healthy relationship first and foremost with him. And so that we can have that healthy, healthy, healthy attachment, not codependency. Big difference. Big difference. But healthy attachment with our spouse and relationship. But that's where that is developed through healthy relationship and process. Now, let me just be frank with you. Many of us here today in a crowd of the size, your relationship, development of your relationship was not done right. Because who taught you? Maybe a, a broken marriage that you watched and observed from mom and dad, because 50% uh, of marriages end in divorce today, so many of you experienced divorce from your own parents, so they, that wasn't really the greatest teacher for you, and so no one's really taught you to how to have healthy attachment with your spouse, and so this is a process, a development in your own personal lives today, and so if you don't have that today, guess what? You're in a great place. Because here in this church, there's resources and small groups, and there's developments of processes that, the, that your pastors, that the team here have developed so that you can jump into. So if you don't do it, the only person that you can blame is the person in the mirror because there's resources that are available for you to jump into, to be a part of. So restorative work can take place and transformation can take place within your marriage. Can I hear an amen? Okay. Now, if you felt guilt or shame with what I just said, I don't want you to hear, that's from the enemy. The enemy would love to, dis to disguise that and say, you know what, he's judging you right now. No, 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 I'm not. I'm informing you. I'm informing you because I believe, we believe, that if you're able to jump in right now and say our marriage is a priority, our relationships, if you're young and you're developing in relationships, get into places around people who have healthy relationships so they can teach you how to date right. Because dating is a part of the process. And so that you can have good models to actually watch and observe and see how do you do it. Because I'll tell you right now, you do not want to become one of the statistics that says 50% of those marriages end in divorce. Because it's horrible. And it's painful. And so today the Lord wants all of us to experience this next thing is that you'll have seasons of discovery. Discovery. And we want to use this to the fullest. This is the longest, this is the longest season of, your, uh, of this development here. Song of Solomon here in 2.14, it says this. It says, my dove in the clefts of the, of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. It's saying, come out of the hiding. Let's get to know each other. Now, I want, you to tell, I want to tell you something. We've been married 31 years, but there's almost 20 or so years, ah, less than 20 years, that we didn't know each other the way we know each other now. There was a place that ministry was the priority. Producing, getting it done, make sure that we're the best. We got to produce, produce, produce. And this wasn't producing anything here. We were uh, coexisting with one another. 
Many of you might be feeling right now that you're coexisting in your relationships and you're wanting more. You're wanting more of what God has for you. And this season of discovery, it might start right here. Boom. This might start right here of discovering what is it that I need to work on so that as I work on this, then I can then move to working on this. Can I hear an amen on that? I got really quiet here. I don't know what's going on. So I'm thinking this is heavy stuff. It is. Because marriage is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Relationships are difficult. There are some people that just annoy me. Is anybody there? Is that all right? Am I the only one here? Or can, we, can I see some hands? Support my, support my dysfunction, please, all right? And there's some people I'm like, oh, I just don't want to spend time with them. And then God says, I want to work on that, James. I want to work on that. You know, when we, uh, when we first got uh, in relationship, we realized that there was things that we needed to do. And one of the things we didn't do was really talk about our past. And I think it's important for us as in relationships is that you talk about your past, we call this our foo, our family of origin, and the challenges of that foo that brought into the relationship that we have. I came from a very evangelical Christian home that was filled with uh, uh, drug abuse and physical abuse. And so I lived my life producing to be the best at everything I did. So I got a full-ride scholarship to Fresno State University as a sprinter. That, what? Stop. that didn't fulfill me. Then I wanted to be the best in ministry. Well, that didn't fulfill me. And so I kept on pressing in, pressing in, because I wanted to be loved and accepted for who I am. Because one, two of the greatest needs for every human being is to be heard and to be seen. And growing up, I never felt like I was heard, nor was I seen, because I grew up in a chaotic home, home life. And so I didn't, was able to talk about this. And so in living my life, I grew an addiction to pornography in my life, because that was my... That was a safe coping mechanism I had because I didn't want to use drug or alcohol, drugs or alcohol because you would see it. This was private, and no one knew. And I had so much shame around this because if you knew I was a Christian and I looked at something, oh, my gosh, you would reject me and I would be judged. And so I kept it secret. Well, eventually in my marriage, and we were pastoring a large church at this time, and I still had this problem, this challenge in my own life, and it led me into an affair. Yeah, I know this is a hard statement to hear from the platform of a church thinking, why would you be speaking here then? Because God is, the God is a God of restoration. God is a God of healing. No matter what you come into this room with, come and sit in this chair, in this chair with, no matter what you come every weekend with, God is, is a God of restoration. He doesn't care about your past. He cares about you. And he wants to heal you where you are. But if we're not talking about the real issues of life in our relationships, then there's no connection here. The word of God says this, two are better than one. If one falls down, his husband or husband or, his, or her husband or whatever, or say whatever, his wife, yeah, there we go, blah, 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 is there to pick him up. And knowing my wife, you know, as one lies down, you know, the other one's there to keep me warm. My wife's freezing every night, so she needs me, all right? She needs me to stay warm every night, okay? And so we realized two are better than one. Two are better than one. But we didn't have this until we were exposed, and all of a sudden, we had to go on a journey. We went for one year straight, about three to six hours a day, and we worked on our marriage. We gave everything we had to it, because I said, I never want to go back to what, we, what I had. And I forfeited, I lost my ministry position and everything else, but I didn't lose my wife or my three kids because they said, let's go on a journey and let's see what God has. I encourage you today, is your past 
Don't let it define your present because God is going to define your future. And as you stand today in that promise, he wants to do a new work. So whatever you bring to the table, your secrecy, the shame, or the pain, God wants to do a new work in you today. You know, we had, uh, if you want to know more about this, and I hate self-promoting, but I'm going to tell you what it is. This got released last week, our second edition of this book called Exposed. It's our story. If you take your phone out right now, zoom in on that thing right there. It'll take you straight to where you can actually get it um, and know the story more. There's a workbook that goes with it. So maybe you and your spouse or maybe you and your uh, boyfriend or girlfriend or fiance or whatever need to go through it. And let me just say that. The only reason I say that is so that you might avoid the pitfalls that we experience and run further and faster than we ever were able to because you learn from our lessons of brokenness. Can I hear an amen on that? I mean, that's the best way, I think, to learn. So there is this. And so the second thing we need to understand is we need to talk about our plans, our future and dream. We walk all the time. We love walking. We like going on adventures. And we go and walk between four to seven miles at a time. And, and we talk and we dream and we talk about all the things that God wants to do in us. Let me just tell you this. When we have gone through our story, we thought it was all gone. And God says, no, I want you to start dreaming again. I want you to understand the promises I have for you are for today, not just yesterday. I will qualify you, not man. And I will restore everything that I started in you. You need to hear that because some of you, someone in here right now specifically needs to hear that because you think you've been disqualified and you think your marriage is over. You're just hanging on by a thread. I'm going to tell you this. God is for you. He is not against you. Can I hear an amen on that? And so it's important for us to understand to talk about our plans. Well, I know that a lot of people, you, you hear our story and you think, gosh, you know, you know where was Terry and all that? Um, you know, it's interesting, you know, people ask me, what made you stay when all that was going on? And, and you know, it's, it's really funny. I, I, I think we got to remember that God is a personal God. He's also for all of us. But he was able to get right close into my soul, my spirit, my heart. And, he, and I heard him say, just come be with me and I'm going to restore this. Now, if that same personal God said, honey, this is unsafe. I need you to, to walk away. I would have. But God knew me, and he knew James, and he, he asked us to walk. And, and I want to just say that because I know that there are times when things are unsafe. And I don't want ever it to be, like, just glossed over. Like, oh, yeah, you know, you're just supposed to do this. But for me, that was the story. That's right. And if you're hearing God to fight for something for a relationship, for your marriage. I just want to encourage you. This is a girl who put everything into it, and it was scary because there were times, like, we had nothing for a while. Like, we were getting grocery cards from churches because we had nothing. We went from this big, influential place to, like, how are we going to make ends meet? Because we decided to put our recovery in front of everything else because we knew if we didn't, those girls right there would not see God. And so we were like, God, we got to do this. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you, as I have walked through this process, that there is hope and you're not alone. Yeah. That's the bottom line. We yeah. say that everywhere we go. Yeah. There's hope and you are not alone. That's right. And for every season that you're in, whether that's preparation, perfection, or discovery, it just 
hear this, protect it with purity. Yeah. You know, I think that we got so busy with so many things that we forgot that, that, that protecting this precious thing that God had given us yeah. was, was our, our utmost um, respect for our Lord. That's right. is to protect it in purity. If we go back to Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. And now in this passage, the vineyards are referring to, that's a sort of a, a figurative explanation of our bodies. So that's a representation of our bodies. And, and what do you think the fox is? Well, let's consider that. He sneaks into the field he eats the blooms before they're ready for harvest. He ruins the harvest. That's right. He steals and he kills and he destroys. Yeah. And you know, he was in our field wreaking havoc. And we were so busy yeah. and so hopeless in our own personal lives that we didn't do much about it yeah. until it was like crash landing. Yeah. But we have such a good father. He's like, I'm right there. That's right. I'm right there, and he was right there. But we just want to encourage you, whether you're married, whether you're in a dating relationship, whether you're single, guard your heart. That's right. Guard your mind. Guard your eyes. We live in a world where things are on the media, our phone, all day long. That's right. I mean, you don't have to turn on pretty much anything anymore, and you're not, you know, Pretty much just like, whoa, what was that? I mean, I can be Googling something and then something completely different comes up. Yeah. And so we have to guard that. Why? Because, number one, our personal lives with Christ, we want to be pure and holy. But every relationship outward from that yeah. is, is impacted. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the first service. I, I have a therapy practice as well. And I, I work with a lot of women who've gone through betrayal trauma. And can I just say... It's excruciating, and, it's, and there is just so many people who are being impacted by the fact that their spouses, their fathers, their, their significant others, they're, they're not guarding their hearts, yeah. and then we're impacted. That's right. So I want to encourage you. I know that, that um, there's a couple of conquer groups that are starting, and if you're here in this place, I'm speaking to the men right now, that if you need to be in that group, be there. Yeah, the Conquer Group is a, a group that will help all men overcome uh, the pure, sexual purity, uh, become and that walk in sexual purity. And so uh, isn't it great that as a church we can talk about those things? So you know, it's like I'm, I don't want to be a, the church where it's like, oh, we don't talk about certain things. Let's talk about it, guys. Because if not, guess what? You're going to go turn on the TV today and watch the Super Bowl, and every other commercial will talk about it. Okay, halftime will talk about it, and then your friends will talk about it, the workplace will talk about it. Why aren't we talking about it here? And we are at this church. And so there is, there's groups here that you can jump into, and it's tools that have been proven to help you walk through that place of yes, purity. Yes, yes. And if you've been impacted by this in any way, there could be, like I said, betrayal trauma. There could be abuse in your past. It's like, get help for that. That's right. You don't want to be alone. You don't want to walk that journey alone. Um, in Ephesians 5.3, it says, um, be, but among you there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality. And, you know, sometimes I can sound really staunch, like, oh, no, I mean, like, wow, you know, that's almost impossible nowadays. Well, can we just, we're going to put some grace there. That's right. Because we don't want that. We don't want there to be sexual immorality in any way, shape, or form. But we know that, that people struggle. So we just have to be real with it because just like any other sin, 
God's there to, to meet you. That's right. And so if we can be a church that walks in purity, we can see our nation yeah, changed. That's right. that's right. But there are a few things you can put into place. And the first one is set and communicate clear boundaries. Um, I am like a recovering codependent. I, had, I don't even know what a boundary was. I didn't even think a boundary was okay, you know, until someone helped me understand what that was. Understanding that, that Jesus himself was very boundaried in his relationships. Why? So that he could fulfill the will of God. Mm-hmm. Because when we have good boundaries in our life, then we actually open ourselves up to right. areas where we can be more loving and giving. Sometimes we think, oh, I can't do that because somebody's going to be mad at me. Well, it's like, wait a second. Then we need to heal there because right. boundaries are right. The second thing is, is keep growing and healing personally. Yeah. And then the third is don't give ground to the devil. So if you know that something is off because yeah. you're going to feel it in your body first, that's a therapy thing, but, but, but he, hear me out on that. The Lord gave us this temple. When, you, when something is in your life that you know it shouldn't be there, yeah. you're going to feel it. That's right. Probably right around in here, your stomach, yeah. your chest. Your, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this, right? Then listen. Because we don't want to give the enemy a foothold. That's right. And this is speaking from people who know that, yes, God can redeem. That's right. And if you have gone through hard things, he can restore. That's right. But let's, let's, let's take back from the enemy what That's he right. has stolen. And let's not even let him in the door for the first place. There was a time in our relationship we thought all hope was lost. And we would look at each other and our kids were like, what? are we going to do? And as we walked forward and we trust the Lord, the prison that we found ourselves in, thinking that we would never get out, the prisons of addiction, the prison of betrayal, prison of lies, deceit, hopelessness, the Lord, as we drew near to Him and near others who were safe, It's not everybody, but people who are safe. And we drew near to people. All of a sudden, hope was birthed. And there was something special that was taking place within us. So that today that we stand to you restored. This is years later. Restored. We're ordained pastors. We have a ministry that works on marriages around the world. We write books. We write resources. We do all the crazy stuff that's just helping people. And we're like, at one time, we thought our life was over. So wherever you are right now, I don't know. I don't know your story. You might have come from an abusive childhood and family members and the relationships are severed. You might come here today and your marriage is on the rocks rather than on the rock, as Pastor Ben would say. And some of you here, your relationships even with your kids or even relationships with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your fiance. And you're like, I don't know where to go with this. And some of you are sitting here with maybe secrets in your life thinking, I never told anybody that. And it holds deep inside your soul. You're like, how do I move forward to have an intimate relationship? Because now we understand intimacy. Because into me, Terry sees. And into her, I see. And we know each other. And we love each other. And we experience each other. And Jesus stands in the middle of that together with us. But we went on a journey. Maybe you need to go on that journey. And maybe you need to be able to be curious to see, Lord, what do you have for me?
if you would just close your eyes right where you're at and, and just kind of find yourself in a place of just curiosity, allowing yourself to be open to maybe what the Lord is speaking right here, right now. Where you are, God wants to meet you at. He's not asking you to come to a specific place or location to come and make progress before he meets you. He wants to meet you where you are at. And so today, if you want Jesus to meet you in your place of pain, your confusion, your hopelessness, maybe it's a place of despair, or maybe it's just your place of curiosity in your relationships. Maybe this is a parent, a student, a child, a spouse or friend, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say, I need Jesus to meet me in my relationship right now. Just raise your hand. There's hands all over. Just go ahead and put them up there. I want to stand with you because I want to speak, speak God's peace over you. Put up your hands up and receive this today. Lord, with every hand up right now, I just speak your blessings over each person because there's a risk. There's a risk when we raise our hand because what we're saying is, Lord, it's not, I'm not going to be able to do this. But with the hands all over the place in this room, from the balcony above to the, the seats below, there is a place where every person is raising their hand right now saying, Jesus, I need you to intervene because I cannot do this on my own. But Lord, we declare today that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We don't overuse that scripture, but we stand on that scripture today because there's the only way we can restore and see our relationships healthy and restored by you is by you, Jesus, and what you did on the cross. And so, Lord, I pray for healing right now in Jesus' name. You can put your hands down at this moment, but with your eyes closed, and I just want to open this opportunity for you to have a relationship restored here on this earth. You first and foremost have to have the first relationship, and that is with Jesus. There's no way to move forward with healing to take place in your life unless you open your life and open your heart to who he is. And there's the only way to the God the Father is through his son Jesus and what he did on the cross. And the only way to be forgiven of your sins and the only way for to be healed is for you to open your heart to what he did on the cross for you. He died for you. His blood was shed so that you're restored and you're forgiven of your sin. His body was broken so that you may be whole and healed. And so today, he wants to have a relationship with you. And not just become a good churchgoer, but be a follower of Jesus. And if that's you today, and you want that relationship with Christ, and you want to receive the forgiveness of your sin, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand boldly and say, that's me. I agree with you right there. Yes, with your hand up. I see your hand as well. Yeah, I see your hand as well. In Jesus' name. Yes, anybody else? I see your hand and your hand and in your hand. The reason I'm saying that is because I want you to be acknowledged. I see you. And I'm not Jesus, but right here, I'm partnering together with you and Jesus. And it says a strand of three is not quickly broken. Anybody else? I just don't want to miss out on anybody else. So, Lord, I just thank you for this. Would you repeat this prayer after me, everybody, out loud? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I accept you today. I invite you into my life. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. And from this moment forward, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you give God praise and glory today?